welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Well, welcome back everyone to the Crescent Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Lindsay. So first off, I wanted to quickly apologize for the sound quality of this intro. I do promise that the sound quality of the rest of the episode in the interview is really quite good because I had my usual mics, but unfortunately I don't have my normal mics as I'm recording this intro, so it's going to be a little bit grainy, but it just lasts for about three minutes and then you'll get back to the good sound quality, so just bear with me. It has definitely been a little while since the last episode has been released. There was unfortunately a death in the family back in February, which really just threw me for a loop, including, of course, so many other people in my family. So that really took longer to recover from than I anticipated. And I am hoping to do some kind of episode on that to share a little bit more about really my first experience with death and grieving of this magnitude. So I might do an episode on that just to share some thoughts, but I haven't really built up the courage for it yet. For those of you who follow me on social media, you'll know that I am launching a new health and wellness business that is focusing on bioenergetic testing to address physiological issues, but also emotional imbalances, repressed emotions, negative patterns. And I am so, so ecstatic. You guys know that I found an office space, which I will be moving to in just a couple weeks. And then I will be spending some time getting it ready. So it's just perfect and beautiful. And so I will have a launch date very soon for when I will officially be taking appointments. But until then, I will definitely be sharing more and more about what I'll be doing, what I'll be offering, the benefits. But until then, if you're curious, you can check out my new website, theacrescent.com, which will also be linked in the show notes. It has been my dream for a couple years now to officially register a brand under the Crescent name. It started with the podcast and now it's actually expanded into a full-on business. So I'm absolutely ecstatic. It really feels like so many of my dreams are coming true. And I'm kind of just pinching myself and (laughs) hoping that I don't wake up from a dream. But if it is a dream, I'm just going to soak it up and enjoy every minute of it as much as I can. But coming to today's episode, I'm so excited with this interview with Kathy Beardmore. I actually discovered her on Instagram, and as I mentioned in the episode, I have been looking for someone to interview on the topic of human design for some time now, but haven't really been able to find someone who I just felt really connected to. And after following Kathy on Instagram for some time, I just absolutely love her work, everything she shares, and just her beautifully vibrant personality. 
definitely check the show notes for this one because I will be linking the resources that she mentions, her website, social media, and a couple of the courses that she offers, which are phenomenal. So with that, let's get into today's interview with Kathy Beardmore. Well, Kathy, welcome to the Accrescent Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so ecstatic. I have been wanting to have someone on to discuss human design at least a year now, but just haven't been able to find someone who I really connected with. And so I was so happy, yes, to connect with you over Instagram. And I've actually done a session with you, which I'm sure we'll get to later on in the podcast. But to start off with, to give the audience just a little bit of your background, can you just share a little bit of your education, where you come from, and then, of course, how you discovered human design? Yes, I'd love to. So my name's Kathy Beardmore. I live in Melbourne, Australia, and we get four seasons a day here. So it's sunny now, but it'll probably <laughs> rain in the next 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> And I am a kinesiologist by trade. So a kinesiologist is someone that works with the innate healing of the body through acupressures and the meridian system. And I know you know about the meridian system as well because it's such a beautiful way to heal because everything's held in our meridian system. And then I opened my own clinic practicing as a kinesiologist. And then pretty soon after that, human design was introduced to me through a friend And it's been a crazy experience because it's been one of those systems and modalities that no one had really heard of. And then it's just taken off. Like now everybody's talking about it. And when I first heard about human design, it was in a really interesting conversation. And I was talking to my friend about how tired I was with all the work that I was doing, but it gave me energy at the same time. And But I really, really loved it. And she looked at me and she said, I bet you're a projector. And I was like, what the heck is that? And she goes, oh, that's your human design. So we looked it up and I was a projector. And projectors are the type of design that don't have the long sustainable energy to work all day. And they're only supposed to really work three to four to five hours max. And then I was sold. I was like, anyone that tells me I only have to work (laughs) four hours a day, like I am for this. So that was how I got into human design. And then Based on my own design, it was really natural for me to just want to study anything that resonated. So I brought all the books. I booked myself a reading with someone that I found in the US and it just took off from there. Wow. And how long did it take you? Because from what I understand, it actually can be quite complex Mm. once you get into all the little nitty gritty. So how long have you been studying it now? Only for... 12, 18 months, I reckon, probably more closer to the 12 month side. But I have what's called an investigator profile in my human design. So I am like study freak. Like I'm talking up until 2am in my bed, Googling anything and everything, listening to podcasts (laughs) every time I was in the car, like study, study, study. And I've always been like that, even as a kinesiologist. So it is a really complex system. Like it's one of those systems that is so deep that you're always going to be learning and you're never going to remember anything. It's pretty astrology based and we all know how huge the astrology system is, but it's also this beautiful experimentation system. So you're constantly experimenting within the system that it provides us. So it's never ending. 
But I got the concept of it very quickly because I studied my my ass off. <laughs> I did mm-hmm. not stop. And it seems like it really pairs so organically with what you already do. Kinesiology, the meridian system, mm-hmm. energy, somehow they just seem to pair so well. They so do. And that's why I think I was so attracted to it in the first place, because human design gives us the system of our true self and who we truly are. And then I'm able to bring in the kinesiology and use the testing of the meridian system to see where our conditioning is taking us away from who we truly are and then use kinesiology and the meridians to balance out the conditioning that's taking us away from our natural human design. So you're so right. Meshing them together was so natural. It was like the yin and the yang. It was beautiful. Mm, Oh, I love that. So for now, the listener who just has never heard of this, they're like, what the heck are these crazies talking about? Can you give (laughs) us, can you give us kind of the, the one liner of what human design is? And then of course, we'll start to dissect it a little bit more. Mm. So I had to really think about this because like you said, it's so complex, but the one liner really is that human design gives you full permission to go back to your true self and align you with your own inner roadmap of your unique energy. I love that. Mm. I mean, that's beautiful and it's so true, but let's, so let's dive into it now. I know human design, as you've mentioned, it incorporates astrology, but I know it also incorporates a couple other things too. Can you touch on those? Yeah, it incorporates about five or six different things. So it incorporates ancient astrology. So when you look at your human design chart, and I'll give the details to that later, you can see all the planetary systems on either side of your human design chart. So it's ancient astrology. It also includes the Chinese I Ching, which is the yin and yang within the universe, our Hindu chakra system. And it's a little bit different from the traditional seven chakras that we see. There's a couple of extra chakras in there that makes it a nine energy chakra system. It incorporates the tree of life and it also brings in the quantum mechanics of how astronomy, genetics and our biochemistry works. So it really is quite scientific. And if we really dive into energy and we look at all these beautiful systems that has made the human design system, they all have their own science base behind the way that energy works. So one of the questions I have is maybe to put it into perspective for the listeners, is it is it somewhat likened to a personality test, only a little bit more refined? Kind of. I mean, I haven't done many personality tests myself. I actually did a personality test two days ago, which was all about your money archetype, which was really interesting because what my money archetype was, I kind of related to my human design. So it is a personality test in a way, but it's also very psychological based and energetic based and how we work on an emotional level and an intuitive level. And it also really looks at how we take on the energy of others and where we find definition in our own energy as we interact with the world. So it does go much deeper, but there are definitely a lot of elements that feel confirming about your own personality when you find out about your human design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I've I've taken a few. The Myers-Briggs is sort of a common one, at least over here in the US. And I guess the reason why that comes to mind is because 
it's a similar thing in that it'll tell you, you know, you have tendencies to do this and this, and here are some strategies to help you overcome it. And so Mm. it's similar a little bit in that sense that it can help you on the one hand, affirm certain aspects of yourself. And that can Mm. be really just healing and gratifying to hear, but it can also be a little bit of a roadmap to help you go, oh my gosh, yes, I do struggle with that. And wow, that it, that does feel so good to resolve that issue this way versus this way. Yeah. So you do, you get strategies within it and you get an authority and you get information about what your personality type is and what that is subconsciously and consciously and how you see yourself and how the world sees you. So it's not just a whole information system of this is how you are. You're totally right. It also gives you the navigation on how to incorporate who you are into your world with strategies and with authorities. What is some of the most impactful ways that you've seen human design impact? Because I know you offer human design readings online, which by the way, will be linked in the show notes for anyone interested. What are some of the ways you've seen it impact people most? So many ways. I have this one reading in mind where it was this beautiful young lady and she was not far off having a baby and she had been working really, really hard and she had what is called an undefined heart center and an undefined heart center in human design represents our willpower. So when your heart center is undefined, it means that you have inconsistent willpower. So one week you're going to feel like doing smoothies and then the next week you're not going to do smoothies at all. Or one week you're going to be going to the gym and then the next week you don't resonate with it at all. And she was very goal-driven and ambitious-driven within her human design, but her willpower wasn't consistent. So she would get really hard on herself and push herself to have willpower to achieve her goals. But what she would do was take energy from other parts of her body that needed it, and she would end up in what's called her not-self theme often, which was being really frustrated when she wasn't listening to the own energy within her willpower. So when she found out about this part of her design and she gave herself total permission to basically not do shit she doesn't want to do when she doesn't want to do it, she just burst out into tears because she had really felt that she had to have that willpower to be successful. But for her, with her design, honoring her willpower when she didn't have it and resting or having a nap or watching a movie gave her more energy towards her goals quicker because that is the way that her own willpower system worked. Mm -hmm. I resonate with that so deeply. I think in my reading, I had that too. Mm. Um, And it's so interesting because the way I explain it to others is when I'm forcing myself to do something I don't want to do, two hours of work can feel like I just worked for eight hours. Whereas when it's the reverse, you know, when I'm doing something I love, I could work for eight hours and feel like I only work two. Totally. And that's what it's all about. It's about understanding how your willpower works and how your energy works. So as a projector, for example, we're very much here to guide. We're very much here to share our wisdom and delegate and see the best in people and help put them into a position where they can honor what is the best parts of themselves. But We're supposed to do it in a way where people recognize that we have the wisdom to share and they come to us and ask for that advice. But a lot of projectors get really caught up in wanting to help people so much that they 
are constantly fighting and using their energy to share how valuable their advice is to better people's lives. And the moment that you let go of that as a projector, your energy is totally different. You're not exhausted from helping people and work feels more aligned and it feels more beautiful. So work really is one of the big things that come into play when people have human design readings. I have done a human design reading for someone and the next day they've quit their job because it doesn't align with their energy. And then they st- and I'm like, holy shit, what have I done? But it's ended up being like <laughs> the best thing for them because they're now doing things that are aligned with their energy and work feels like something that they love. Yeah. And it energizes them. I think that is just what has really opened my eyes as I've learned, okay, yeah, there is, this makes a lot of sense. This does resonate. And I think you hit the nail on the head, which is it really tells us how our energy works Mm. and what things drain our energy the most and what things give us the most energy. And that has been so profound for me because that's something I deeply, deeply struggle with is there's days where my motivation is just gone. Mm. And it's like in my head, logically, I know I want to do this. This is important to me. And no, I don't struggle with depression or anxiety. I know it's not like a emotional disorder or anything. Mm. But the more I've been learning and leaning into human design, the more I've just, I've really felt like I'm starting to get so much more in line with the way my energy wants to work. Yeah, And then things just start falling into place. It literally makes your life easier. Like that Mm -hmm. is sort of the simplest way to describe it. It makes things so easy for me. And I've recently been doing human design readings on like Facebook mum groups where I've looked at their children's human design and you can see where the conditioning comes into play. So if we go back to the undefined heart center and let's say your parents had a defined heart center, your parents' energy, they really truly feel feel on an energetic level that the best thing is to have consistent willpower and to have smoothies every single day and to go to gym every single day. But if you are nailing that sort of personality trait as a way of success or how you're supposed to live your life to your children that have an undefined heart center, then that child very naturally moves as far away from their undefined heart center and their inconsistent willpower quickly and as far away as they can because the parents are doing what they think is best for their kids, but their energy works completely different. So when you have that system and it's in front of you on a graph and it's described to you and you relate to it, that's where the release comes in. And you can honestly get rid of years of freaking conditioning just by having one human design reading because you kind of go, oh, that makes so much sense. And when you have that moment of, oh, that makes so much sense, your brain automatically lets go of what no longer is sensible for your energy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want to dive into the different overarching types. And Mm. I'll let you sort of decide how much you want to say about each one, because of course, like we already mentioned, you can probably just go on and on and on. But if you could try and give us a little bit of an overview of each type. Yeah, I'll give you my favorite bits of the types because, again, there's so much information about them. There's five different types in human design. And then I'll share with you what I have noticed in my readings when it comes to the challenges as well. So I'll start with the manifester. And the manifesting type is the type 
And each type makes me laugh. Like even as I go to talk about them, I'm thinking about the people that I've read and I'm like, oh, I love them. That's so funny. And it's important (laughs) to know that no type is better than another. It's just about how our energy works. So as a manifester, manifestors are very much here to initiate. They've got this initiating energy, which means that they have what's called a defined throat center. And the throat center in human design is all about initiation, communicating who we are to the world, manifestation, doing things and bringing things into action. So really our throat center is what sets us apart in the animal kingdom because that's how we can express from our mind or from our emotions or from our intuition, which is how people know what we mean in the outside world. So the manifester with their defined throat are very much here to have that initiating, creating energy. So they come up with like the big ideas that change civilization and change society. And it tends to be a bit of a king, queen, rulership kind of energy. And what's really interesting about the manifester is they freaking hate being told what to do. Like they've got (laughs) what's called a closed and repelling aura. So they're really hard to read and they can be seen as quite unpredictable. But I kind of love that about them. I love a bit of mysterious. I'm like, oh, so (laughs) intriguing. (laughs) Actually thinking about it, I feel like half the men that I probably dated were manifestors when I was younger because I was like, oh, mysterious as hell. But um. (laughs) So yeah, with the manifestors, they kind of go through life doing their own thing, but it can shake up their world around them because it's the type of person that like the husband comes home from work and the woman or the wife has just moved everything in the house around and the husband's like, what the hell? (laughs) Or like the husband comes home from work and tells the wife, so honey, I just quit my job today. And the wife's like, what the hell? Like they just do things without telling people. And what the strategy of the manifesto to do is to actually inform people of what they're going to do before they do it. And that can be really hard for a manifesto because they hate being told what to do. And they get caught up in the illusion that if they tell people what they're doing, then it means that they're asking for permission. But it's not that they're asking for permission. It's that they are creating a peaceful environment so that people don't get reactive and so that they can actually be left to do what they want to do and they don't come across so unpredictable. So that's all about the manifesto. Really creative. Tell people what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Good summary. Yeah. And then we've got the generator and the generator doesn't have the initiating energy. They have the worker bee energy. So they're still able to create, but it's not done in the same way as the manifester where the manifester can just do it out of the blue and it works. The generator has to really respond to its own environment and the people around it and kind of have the initiation brought out of them by their outer environment and not just come from internal out of nowhere. So generators are very worker bee energy. It's like the life force energy of the planet that ticks things over, that keeps things going, and they have energy to just go, 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 go. So my fiancé is a generator. His name's Evan, and he will, like, go to work, come home, mow the lawn, be out in the shed, cook some dinner, and he just doesn't stop, and I'm like – holy shit, man, like I'm going to get an aneurysm just watching you. Like he is like (laughs) insanely busy. But that's what brings him satisfaction because generators have these motor centers within them and if they don't use all that energy, they can go to bed feeling I haven't done enough today 
or I didn't succeed what I wanted to succeed. So it's important to recognize a generator so you can let them burn that energy off. And one of the biggest challenges that I have personally noticed with generators is because they have so much energy, they tend to be yes people. So they say yes to things, even if they don't want to do it. And what that means is that they're not using their energy the right way. And it's important for them to check in with what they're using their energy for. Otherwise, they won't have the sustainability to enjoy the process and commit to see it through. And there is nothing worse for a generator than not seeing things through to the end because they're very result driven. So it's important for them to respond to their yeses and their noes within their own energy. So what advice I like to give to a generator is to just ask yourself yes or no questions because their energy is quite present. It's quite simple. So let's say you had a friend ask you to help them move house. Instead of just saying, oh yeah, I've got the energy to do it. I'll just say yes and help so-and-so move house. I would be checking in with yourself and just taking a moment and not being so impulsive just because you had energy to burn. And I would be saying, do I want to help this person move house? Yes or no? And see how your body responds. See if you have the energy to commit to it before you do commit. And if you're not getting a response, break it down. It might be, do I have the energy to spend two hours with this person helping them move? Yes or no. Do I have the energy to cook them a meal? Yes or no. Do I have the energy to help clean up after they've moved all the boxes? Yes or no. So keeping things really simple for generators is how I would kind of summarize that up and not saying yes to things just because you have the energy. And always really important for a generator is to love the work that you do. Because if you don't love the work that you do as a generator, you'll just do it because you have the energy and you'll end up really frustrated. Hmm. I have a question here because as you're describing the generator, the first one of the thoughts that comes to mind is it also, you know, this this type of person who always wants to do things, if they didn't do enough that day, they feel like they wasted their day. One of the things that comes to mind is that also can be sort of the activity of someone who is highly, highly stressed or anxious. Hmm. And so, but I think you answered my question already, which was how does a generator know what to put their energy towards? If it, you know, if they have this, like, I want to do things, I want to get things done, but, but it sounds like you said it, it's doing what you love and just checking in throughout the day. Do I really want to do this? Mm. Like I have a client who is a generator and she is the person that has like she does a to-do list every day and she's got like 50 things on there. And I look at her list and I'm like, I need to go to sleep. Like that's exhausting (laughs) for me to look at. And as well, everyone has their own authority within human design. So your authority would help you check in with your own energy. But as an overall consensus, what I've done with generators in the past, when they've had this to-do list, is I have got them to go through and rate out of 10 from one to 10, how much energy does this activity give you? From one to 10, how much do you love doing this? And then when they kind of see it in that rating and in that number, it sparks the energy within them and they start to physically feel what they are less motivated and love doing and what they are more motivated and love doing. So checking in with yourself and using a little list like that is just giving yourself a chance to let your energy respond before you make the decision from your mind. Yeah, I like that because I could easily see how with that much energy, you just get 
caught up doing kind of useless, pointless things just for the sake of doing something. Mm, And then generators can end up with heaps of unfinished projects and then that really pisses them off. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so the next one is the manifesting generator. Yes. So this is the hybrid of the manifesta and the generator. And this is kind of like the new cool one in the human design types because it's not in the original books with human design, but it's in some of the more up-to-date ones. And the manifesting generator has that both initiating energy and that generating worker bee energy. So they can come in and initiate, and then they've got the energy to also get the work done. And what's really interesting about manifesting generators is that Well, first of all, they hate being bored. Like being bored is like the worst thing ever for a manifesting generator. And then they have what's called a moment of truth, which I think is hilarious and I love it. And I think it's so much fun. And what that moment of truth is, and I'll give it to you in an example because it's easier to explain. Let's say you were a manifesting generator and you were looking at buying this new car. And I think I gave you this example when... We spoke I think about you did. it. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to look at this new car and you've looked at it online. You've been driving down the street and you have seen this car everywhere you're driving. You've shown all your friends, you've shown all your family, you've looked up how much it's going to cost. And you are like 99% certain that you want this car. And then you finally go to the car yard and you hop in the car to buy it. And the moment you hop in the car, you're like, nah, don't want it. Don't want the car. And that is the manifesting generator's moment of truth. They sort of have to physically feel that last little bit to know if they want it or not. So the biggest thing for manifesting generators that I like to say to them is give yourself permission to change your mind last minute. Because if you don't and you get caught up in the conditioning, oh, but I've done so much organizing and I've told everyone that I'm going to get it and then you buy it, you're either going to hate the car that you're driving or it's going to break down all the time or you're not going to be able to afford the payments because the universe is going to do something to make that not work out because it's not fulfilling you. It's not aligning with your energy, right? So give yourself permission to change your mind last minute, but also give yourself permission to do a million different things because manifesting generators are the people that are really good at baking and then they know acupuncture and then they can read astrology and then they're like the world's best snowboarders. And it's like, who, like, are you human? Who even are you? They're just so much fun and so amazing and they do so many things. So don't tie yourself down. Give yourself permission to change your mind last minute. And I just think manifesting generators are so much fun. My son, he's six. He's a manifesting generator. And man, do I see it in him. Like that kid changes his mind every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's so funny that you mentioned that there. it's really the hybrid between the manifester and the generator because for the listeners, I am a manifesting generator, but mm-hmm. I do resonate with some of what you said in terms of the manifester and some of what you said in terms of the generator. Mm. And then, of course, I resonate so deeply with everything related to the manifesting generator or the MG. So it's it's just it's been so fun to dive into it. But the other thing I wanted to point out in what you just said was with the example of the car, it's not going to work out if you choose it and it wasn't right for you, not because the universe is punishing you, but rather because the universe is trying to push you back to your authentic path. 
Totally. That's what it is. 100%. And it's the universe kind of saying, my darling, I love you so much that I don't want you to make this decision from your mind. I want you to make this decision from your soul. And I want you to make this decision from your energy and where you're at right now with your own alignment. And when we ignore that, I like to see the universe as sort of like the mother that if you don't listen, she's going to keep telling you because she loves you so much, not because she's punishing you. Mm-hmm. Learning more about human design, especially what you were saying for the MG, which is sometimes you do all the research, you do all the planning, you get there. And once you're there, it's like, nope, it's not right. And I have that so often. <laughs> and so there's this like, I don't know if it was programmed into me as a kid, but there's something in me that's very type A. Like I love my little lists and I love to check things off. But then I'll have these moments where you know, same thing, I'll get in the car that I was sure I wanted. And it's just like, "Mm, nope, doesn't feel right. Mm. And even ordering food or having something to eat, like anything little and the manifesting generator gets their food and they have complete food envy of the person next to them. I mean, we all get that anyway. But yeah, yeah, you're totally right. It really is so normal for a manifesting generator, but it keeps things fun and fresh and exciting. And I think it's kind of beautiful because you have this natural, constant igniting within you that reminds you what you want all the Mm -hmm. time. And so many of us don't have the reminder of what we actually want. So really listen to that because it's such, it's so valuable. It's so valuable. The fact that your energy is saying you don't want this, listen to it because that's what it's there for. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was so freeing because, and I think this is true of many you know, of all of human design is we really do grow up. And whether you're in Australia or the United States or somewhere in Europe, there's very prevalent societal norms and programming and just these unspoken rules that we're supposed to live by. And if you don't fit that mold, it's just kind of like too bad. Mm. (laughs) And I've really found human design just gives me the permission that I subconsciously wanted of you know, even though I've been feeling this my whole life, you know, I, my intuition comes up and I want to make this decision, even though I've planned it all out. But society tells me, no, you've done all the planning. You got to stick with that decision now. Yeah. And even though in my gut, you feel that's wrong, you, you still do what society has told you to do. And so for me, human design has just been so freeing of, oh yeah, you actually can lean into what has, what your intuition has been telling you is actually right for you. Mm. And this is where it's so good to have our authority because sometimes we can mistake our internal guidance as fear or anxiety or something that we're not supposed to feel. And when you know your authority, whether it's emotions or from the gut or from the intuition, and you get that inner feeling come up from inside of you to help you make your choice, you recognize that that is guidance and it's not fear and it's not anxiety. Not that there's anything wrong with those things. Those things really tell us what we need to pivot and adjust and what we need to look at. But it's just, again, experimenting, experimenting within what those feelings are and what your energy alignment is with your human design. And it really does, like you said, give you permission to be yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. I I interrupted your you know, going through them so we can get back to it. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. So next is the projector, which is me. And projectors are very much here to guide. So we sort of step back and 
look at the world around us and we have a lot of what's called open centers in our human design. So this is the nine chakra system that we talk about and we refer to them as energy centers when we do the readings. And what our open centers do is they absorb the world around us and they take in our interactions with people and our environment. And then we use this absorption to kind of amplify and gain wisdom and gain perspective and then guide from what it is that we have absorbed. So projectors as a whole are very much here to guide and to share their wisdom. But because we don't have as much definition in our energy centers, we have to wait for what's called the invitation. And this can really piss projectors off. (laughs) Like I remember the first time I heard that I had to wait for the invitation, I was like, why? Why do I have to wait to tell people what I want to help them with? Because I'm really good. I can see how much I can help them and I can see what is stuffing up your life. Let me bloody help you. Because projectors are quite penetrating with their aura because we see and we absorb. We come across really pushy. And we can say things that people aren't ready to work on or hear or feel or see. So the main saying for a projector that I found really helpful is build it and they will come. Do what you love, like focus on your kinesiology, focus on your human design, focus on your graphic design or your sports or whatever it is. Because when projectors are doing what they love, they really magnetize their aura and people get attracted to that. They're kind of like, oh, what's going on over there? And what is it that she's discovered? And what is it that she's saying? And that is how our invitation comes into play. And then people are ready to receive your wisdom and people are ready to hear your advice and hear your guidance and you don't waste your energy and end up feeling bitter, but it's also working out best for them. And projectors also don't have the energy to work really long days and sustain that go, 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 like the generator or the manifesting generator. And what I really like to remind projectors to do, and there's actually three different types of projectors. So if you get a reading or you read a book, you will see that there's different ways projectors work. But I like to remind them to really get clear on what is work and what isn't. Because if you've kind of got that three to four, five hour working energy, then it's really important to make sure that the work you do is feeding you and not feeling draining. So for you, if going to work is your office job and you hate it, then coming home and doing the dishes and doing the cooking and doing the cleaning and looking after the kids can feel really draining. But if you're doing something that you love, if you love doing the dishes and you love feeding the kids, then that doesn't take from that energy. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because projectors don't have that ongoing energy as well, it's so important for us to rest. It's like day naps. Like if you want to have a nap as a projector, nap as a projector because your energy reboots really quickly. And when you come out of that rest cycle, you're able to get things done quicker and more efficiently than other people. So generators sort of have that long sustaining energy and can work eight hours where projectors will have an office job piss about on the computer for four hours and then get the whole day done within the four hours they're at work because they've got this organizational guidance, wisdom, energy, but not sustainable energy. So the moment I had permission to not work as much and to spend half my day like 
fluffing around. <laughs> I was all <laughs> for that system. So projectors are really cool like that. And it's so counterintuitive, again, to what we're taught in the school system growing up from our mm. parents. It is so counterintuitive. You know, the obvious is, no, of course, you. The, the more and longer you work, the more productive and the more you'll get done. And I relate to this a little bit just in that, like I've already said, when I'm doing what I love and feels aligned, I get it done 10 times faster and I have more energy when I'm done mm -hmm. with it. But when I'm working on something I hate or I'm just not super in line with, it just drags on and on and on. And by the mm -hmm. time I'm done, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done yeah. for the day. I can't do anything else. <laughs> that's right. And that is, I mean, that's like everyone's energy design. But I definitely see it with projectors a lot because we're taught to push through and to work mm -hmm. the eight-hour days. I had a client in the other day who had come in for kinesiology, but often when people see me for kinesiology, we incorporate a bit of the human design as well just because they work so beautifully together. And she was going through a really busy time in her life, moving house. She just started uni. She was getting so much study done. She was feeling a little bit uh, about her job. And she came up in her balance during her session that she needs to do more of nothing because she had a bit of conditioning from when she was younger about when her environment got too chaotic, she would go into over-enthusiasm stage but then when she was in over-enthusiasm, it was kind of being fueled from this unhealthy place and this inconsistent willpower and the vibration of responsibility. So then she'd get really bitter about people and her environment. And the not-self theme of a projector is bitter. So when we're not aligned, we are like shitty as hell. And <laughs> what came up for her was to do nothing. So she has committed to doing two hours of nothing a day. And we really worked on what did nothing mean to her? Did it mean sitting on your bed on your phone? Did it mean having a bath? Did it mean going for a walk and checking in what that definition means for your energy? And the moment she started doing that, her life got so much easier and things didn't feel as overwhelming because she couldn't change the things that were going on in her life, but she could change the way that she was trying to make her energy work with it. Mm -hmm. 100%. I love that. And then the last one is the reflector and the reflector are very attached and in tune with what's going on cosmic energetically wise. So they have what's called following the authority of the lunar cycle and the lunar cycle that works within 28 days gives the reflector the ability to feel every different part of their energetic being and experience sort of the whole wheel of human design and then come up with a perspective. So reflectors are non-definition human designs. So they have no energy centers defined. So when you <laughs> look at a body graph, it's all white, their chakra centers. So that means all of those open centers are constantly taking in the world around them, constantly absorbing interaction and environment. And reflectors can, they're sensitive, right? They're these beautiful, sensitive souls. And their name themselves is here to do exactly what they're called. They're here to reflect humanity and say, this is where you're fucking up. Like this is where things aren't working and this is where you need to change everything. And for a reflector, they're meant to move through life being surprised. They're meant to be constantly surprised by 
things that they experience and things that they take on and things that they interact, but have this beautiful patience with themselves and to just really follow the moon cycle. Hmm. Yeah. One of the things I want to point out, which is you touched on earlier, which is just, it gives your life this sense of ease. Totally. And I couldn't say it any better, but as I've started to lean into my own human design a little bit more, it's been exactly that. It's just life feels easier. You know, I get more done with less energy or mm. I, I achieve the things I want to achieve with yeah. so much less energy and so much more joy and less, less of that just like struggle that we're, we kind of grow up thinking we need to have throughout life. Mm, and it really takes away the self-comparison. I do a three-month human design course that I called Align With Your Design. And I, I teach people the human design system, but it's more about the experimentation for those three months and experimenting with what feels good for you and your energy and your willpower. And if you're someone that has the authority of listening to your intuition or listening to your emotions, because what I find really, really common, especially since we are going through a huge emotional spirituality awareness shift, which is happening, I mean, it's been happening for years and, it, and we're very much coming up to that peak of it. We're very much at the top of it. So a lot of us have been conditioned that we have to listen to our emotions and it's our emotions that fuel our decisions. But that's not true for everybody with their human design. They're not supposed to make decisions from their emotions, especially if you have an open emotional center, because that means you're an empath and empaths absorb other people's emotions. So what you would do then is you don't know if you're reacting or if you're making a decision from the emotions of someone else or from something you've absorbed three to four days ago and you haven't let go of out of your aura yet. So when you talk about making things easier, it's so true, but making things easier is so different for everyone. And this is where I found it really valuable. My authority is self-projected, which you can probably tell because it's all about talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> self-projected is all about talking things out and then your identity comes to fruition and your truth comes up to the surface through your voice. So I can be with my partner and I don't need advice. I just need a sounding board. I just need someone to hear me talk. And then I kind of go, oh, yeah, that's how it works. No, I don't like that anymore. Mm, I'm changing my mind on that. And my partner just sits there like deer in a headlights, like, holy shit, what do I even say to you? She, she just had a whole one-on-one -on -one counseling session right in front of me. Literally. With herself. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> Pouring a glass of wine as I'm talking to myself. And I do that so often, pour wine. No, I'm kidding. Like talk to myself. <laughs> like I'm just, I talk to myself in the shower. If I'm unsure about, you know, someone giving me a blunt reply on Instagram, I'll like talk it out to myself. Like it just works so well. What's your authority? Sacral? Yes. So you're all about sacral? gut response. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So yours is very much yes or no's. So when before you were talking about this is what my gut says, that is the perfect example of sacred response. So for you, it would be not making decisions from your emotions, using your emotions to gain perspective and wisdom, but not making decisions from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we, just for the listeners, I signed up for your, the soul's 
Souls Pickle? Yes, I love that. The Souls Pickle. So much fun. <laughs> I'll have to, I'll make sure it's linked in the show notes, but it's sort of like, you know, I'd call it like an accelerator program. It's just three quick sessions with you to work on stuff. And I've only had one with you, but it was fantastic because mm-hmm. one of the things we were talking about is how I am an empath. And oftentimes, so often, every day, I'm absorbing the emotions of the people around me. And it can be so easy to start to feel like those are my emotions. Mm. And then, you know, I'll go into a conversation. The example we were using is I'm launching this whole new health and wellness business. I'm ecstatic about it. You know, and for example, I go into a conversation with my mom and she's like, well, how are you going to get clients? You know, and I like going into it, no fear, like just complete Mm. and utter knowing and trust the people who I'm meant to help are going to come and I have no concern about it. And then in that conversation with her, like I feel that spike of nervousness come up. But after our conversation, it's like, that's not mine. That's yours. I'm going to give it back. That's right. (laughs) And I think you also have an open spleen center looking at your- I had a lot of white. Yeah. I had a lot of white. That's right. Yeah. Because I remember I accidentally put, because our birthdays are really close. So I accidentally (laughs) put my birth date in instead of your birthday. And then when we looked at it, you had so much white, but your spleen center was undefined. And the spleen is all about fear, instincts, and intuition. So if your mum was feeling fearful for you, then you would absorb that fear and take it on as, as- if your mum was feeling fearful for you, then you would absorb that fear and take it on as your own. And the spleen center, when it's undefined or open, is all about holding on to what isn't good for us. So if you held on to that fear and you didn't have that awareness, you could very easily not launch this amazing business that feels really right, but you've absorbed someone else's fear. So this is why the authority is so good. This is why you would go back to your gut and you would say, do I have fear around having clients? Yes or no. And your gut would either say yes or no, or how, do you know what I mean? Like you would play Mm -hmm. and experiment with those questions. And yeah, I love that you brought that up because it's such a good example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now for the listeners who are maybe a little bit intrigued, where can they go to get their human design chart? And then we'll talk a little bit about, because as we've said, I think it I think it behooves individuals to work with a human design practitioner. Mm. But if someone just wants to go grab it and check it out, where could they go? So there's two websites that I use. I use mybodygraph.com. So you do have to sign up. It's for free, but you have to sign up to create an account. And then you enter your birth details. So to have your human design reading, you need your date of birth. You do need your exact time of birth and the location of birth. Now, I've had some people freak out because they don't have the exact time. So what I've kind of done in that instance is just played with like 10-minute increments and seen how much it's changed the human design chart because sometimes it does dramatically, other times it doesn't. So when you're on mybodygraph.com, you just enter in those details and your chart would come up. And then there's a second website called Jovian Archive. I don't use that one as much, but I do believe it's another one that you can get your chart for free at as well. And then can you explain, I feel like you've already given so many beautiful examples of working with clients, but why would you recommend someone go through that with a practitioner? Oh my gosh. So many reasons. Is this going against your human design to ask you? (laughs) No, I kind of want to like, this is the type of answer 
where I want to get on my roof and I just want to scream like, because it's the fucking greatest, (laughs) but that's like (laughs) not an actual answer. So if you feel like you are in a constant state of resistance and a constant state of conditioning, and you're literally like everything I try, nothing works. I'm constantly butting my head against the wall. I'm in constant fear of what people think of me, judgment, comparison to others, and I just want to do things my way, and you've tried to do things a million other ways and it hasn't worked for you, this is where human design is so, so good because it gives you permission to do it your way. So it takes away all the self-comparison. It takes away all the resistance and you find the beauty in the challenges in your life and you don't feel so hard done by and like you're never going to get anywhere or that you're not doing the things that you love. And for the individual who maybe wants to learn a little bit more, I'll definitely link those two websites. But do you have any other resources or books? Yes. So I've got a couple of books here. I have, I personally love reading all the books because everyone interprets it differently and everyone's worded it differently. And then I like to sponge it all together and explain it through all these different perspectives. So there's a book by Ra Aruhu himself, who is the founder of human design. And that's called The Definitive Book of Human Design, The Science of Differentiation. And that one is quite complex to read. If you're someone that wants intensity (laughs) in your reading, (laughs) then I suggest that one. I personally love a bit of intensity. There is a much simpler one that's really beautiful and really well written, and that's called Human Design by Chetan Parkin. And then there's another book that I haven't read yet, but this is by Karen Curry, and that's called Understanding Human Design. So the best place is to either get those books or to book yourself a reading or to go and do like a course about the system. And there's a lot of intro courses. I've created an introduction one as well, because some people don't want to go into three months of learning. They might just want to learn the basics about the types, the strategies and authorities. So if anyone is wanting a reference point, just reach out and I'll point you in the right direction as to whatever feels aligned for you and what feels good for you. And I do have to point out, first of all, Everyone follow Kathy on Instagram, but you do these super fun live kinesiology or human design readings every Friday, Australian time. It's like 4 p.m. on Thursday, my Mm -hmm. time. (laughs) But it's so fun and I highly recommend people try to join in on one of those or even just watch the replay after to get a little bit more of a taste. It's so much fun because like my biggest thing is connecting with people. Like if I'm connecting with people, I'm successful. Like that is it. I love it. So every Friday I go on and I'm just on for about 30 minutes and I test through energetically to see who is coming up as a priority on the live and people request to be in the live. And then it gives me a list of people and I test through those because Instagram has just changed its settings with that. And I was like, what is going on? But Yes, I I pull you up onto the live and you can either have a snippet of your human design or you can try kinesiology or you can look at your human design and then I can test where your conditioning is in kinesiology. And it's so much fun. And you literally see people's aha moments as we're live. And I just love that. It's such a buzz for me. Totally. And you feel it too. I I watch the replays later. Yeah. (laughs) But it's just so fun. I love to tune into it. And then of course, I think... When someone is living so authentically, as you've said before, 
there's something so magnetic about that. And that is exactly how I feel about you. That you just oh, thank you. You I want to be involved in what you're doing. I, yeah. I'm so drawn to you. <laughs> I hope that doesn't sound creepy. No, I'm drawn but to you too. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's when you're in the presence virtually or in person with someone who is 110% authentically themselves. Mm. It gives you permission to do the same, but it also like lights that spark within you of, holy totally. shit, I want that. Yeah. And it's easy to have. Like people look at these people that are authentic and living their truth and they feel like they have to go and do a million different courses and self-help stuff and all these, you know, breaking down conditioning sessions. And sometimes we do, don't get me wrong. That stuff is so needed and so beautiful, but sometimes it doesn't have to be that hard. Sometimes it's just as easy as finding out the way your energy works and the alignment just falls into place. Mm -hmm. And at the very least, when you understand how your energy works, you'll be guided to what is right for you just that much quicker. I mm -hmm. think really so, quick. Yeah. Well, Kathy, thank you so much. I'm ecstatic to share this with my audience. And of course, all of your details will be linked in the show notes. I know you also have a podcast. I'm super excited. I've been waiting to listen to your latest mm. episode on hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs> so everything will be linked in the show notes. But again, thank you, Kathy, so much. Thank you so much for having me. I've had so much fun. I hope so. 